Welcome to the Questions of Faith podcast. I'm Brad Stevens here with Dr. Timothy Laredo. And the question we'll be asking the doctor today is, does God care what we wear? So we're going to talk today about modesty, and modesty is one of those things that is both uh, abused and avoided. It's a subject that within Christianity, some want to abuse the topic and others want to avoid it altogether. Also, the idea of modesty has been relegated to thinking only about women and their dress. However, the biblical perspective of modesty is much broader than that. So we're going to talk about some biblical principles about the subject of modesty. Well, Dr. Tim, a very interesting topic, very polarizing. Um, uh, There's a lot of different views, different perspectives, different opinions and feelings. Um, There's entire denominations that, and even like religions outside the bounds of Christianity that um, really bring modesty to a salvation point. Mm -hmm. Even, you know, apostolics, you've talked about that before. Mm -hmm. And then I'm thinking of like the Muslim faith, and that's very, very core, very, very central. Mm -hmm. And then almost within Christianity, there's like splinters Mm -hmm. of all sorts of different views and perspectives. But um, uh, what we want to do is go back to the Bible. What does the Bible say? Yeah, and you're right. Uh, I mean, modesty in this topic is very controversial. And I think because of you know, the controversial nature of it has led some to just, let's just ignore the issue altogether mm. um, because, you know, it's divisive and we can't, we can't find any unity. We can't find any. And those that do feel like sometimes people want to portray them as legalist and all those type of things. And so it's like, you're either on one end of the spectrum or you're on the far other side. There's yeah. no like middle ground. There's, you kind of mm-hmm. got to take a side and stand for it and yeah. fight out everyone else. Yeah. And so one of the things I hope will come from this episode uh, will be a balanced approach to this subject uh, from a biblical perspective. Awesome. Um, but, you know, modesty in general, you think um, as a culture, we'll just talk about an American culture. From an American culture, modesty is a, is something that has all but disappeared in our culture uh, at large. Um, you think about, you look at, you know, things that are in our world today. You just you go to the mall. You look at, um, you know, what is just out there in society. It's become a more immodest society mm-hmm. than it has been, you know, historically. Uh, it's continued to go in that immodest direction from, you know, all the way throughout this entire century. Um, and so, thinking about that, it's an important um, uh, beginning place to think, help us to think about our culture is progressively becoming more immodest and how how we should, as Christians and as the church, how should we think about modesty and not just tying it to our culture, but tying it to a biblical foundation. Mm. So because the culture can change. Sure. Culture and it does. Right. Shift. Yeah. And absolutely. Mm. And, and every culture is different. And that's one of the challenging things about this subject is how much it is tied to culture. Right. But what I'm trying to help us to understand as we begin this is we don't want to just compare ourselves to the culture and say, "Well, we're more modest than you know our, than our culture." Then, 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 then we're we're okay, right? Mm. But we want to have uh, some principles and some foundation that is uh, goes beyond just the cultural mm. foundation. It transcends and becomes our cornerstone, exactly. Uh, that we can really lean upon to to have our foundation for the subject. And so, you know, things like, what, what, what does the Bible have to say about modesty? And, you know, thinking about, is, it, is modesty something just like, is it just about, you know, clothes? Or does it have more to, is it deeper than that? Does it have more to, to do than just clothes? Uh, is what we're going to talk about this in this episode. So, what is biblical modesty and, and where does it come from in the Bible? Modesty, uh, think about it as, you know, to define it, it it's more than just about clothing or covering up our bodies, although it includes that, okay? So, it's, it, it involves what we wear, but it actually goes much deeper than that, and it's about our attitude and behavior and our inner character, okay? So, 
Modesty is much deeper than the clothes that we wear, or but it includes those things. So someone would want to divorce modesty from what we wear and say, well, you know, I have a modest heart. My heart is, my attitude is modest, but my clothing is immodest, right? They're, they're connected, but it's more than just what you wear. It goes deeper than that. Others will say, you know, I wear modest clothing, but they have a very immodest mm-hmm. heart. So I'm kind of catching some faith without works instead <clears throat> kind of <throat> thing. Some faith and works paired together. You can't have one without the other. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what I'm really wanting us to see is uh, it's modesty is deeper than the surface, mm-hmm. um, but it includes the surface. Mm-hmm. It, it includes what we wear, um, but it also includes our attitude, our posture, our behavior, uh, of our heart, and we'll talk about that a little bit. And so, um, the the biblical word for uh, for modesty is it's about having this behavior includes speech uh, and and also dress that is something that is well ordered and proper, and it's it's conducted in a manner in which is pleasing to in a reflector of God. Okay. So basically when we think about who we are as believers, we are reflectors, we're image bearers of God, right? And as Christians, we bear the name of Christ. And so modesty at its fundamental core has to do with the way in which we reflect the character of Christ, the way in which we reflect uh, what it means to bear the name of Christ. So that includes the what we wear, right? That has a part to play in it. But it's also about our attitudes, and it's also about our behaviors and our speech and the way we present ourselves as disciples of Christ, as followers of Christ. And so it's really at the heart of biblical modesty is this idea of living in a way that honors God and reflects his uh, image, his love, and his grace, and his truth to those around us. Okay, so we want to think about biblical modesty in a much broader sense than just a lot of times when you th- people talk, say modesty, immediately they go to clothing, right? And like I said, that's part of it, but biblical modesty has a lot broader base to it. It's about Thinking about who I am as a child of God and my my the image that I present to this world is uh, a reflection of Christ. And so, yes, that involves clothes, but it involves a lot more mm-hmm. than just what I wear. So in our kids' church, we have an illustration that we use sometimes where one person stands at the end of the room representing God, and they have a flashlight. Then Mm. someone else stands at the other end of the room with a mirror representing us. And as long as the flashlight is reflected in the mirror, we are illustrating that that is the light of Christ that we reflect to the Mm -hmm, world. mm -hmm. And you can turn that light onto the kids through the mirror Mm. and show that I'm having impact. Christ is having impact through me. Sure. But when we turn the mirror onto ourself, mm. all of a sudden that light isn't reflected anymore and the impact is lost when we're trying to um, turn that uh, mirror onto mm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. So would you say, am I right in that yeah. process that we lose impact when mm. we try and turn that mirror mm. onto ourselves? Yeah, and fundamentally we're losing our purpose for being mm. and we're losing our, uh, our ultimate identity of image bearers of Christ, we become our own image bearers, right? Mm, Our own kings. Yeah, yeah, we become... Building our own kingdom. Sure, yeah. And so thinking about this idea of modesty at the beginning, I want us to have a broader perspective. We're going to go through some principles here uh, about how biblical modesty uh, ought to be lived out. But as a fundamental framework, I want us to think about biblical modesty as it includes what we wear, but it includes our whole being, right? So it's more mm-hmm. than just what we wear, but our whole essence of who we are is reflecting out into this world and to other believers. 
um, a, a well-ordered and proper conduct that is Christ-like and that is uh, not reflecting ourselves, but is, as your illustration mm-hmm. points to, is reflecting the light of Christ as image bearers of, of God. So the first principle that I want us to look at is that biblical modesty is about reflecting inner character. Okay, so biblical modesty at its core is fundamentally about reflecting our inner life, reflecting what Christ has done inside of us, and reflecting that out into the world so that they can see what has taken place on the inside, that that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven, as Jesus said. So thinking about that in this framework, 1 Peter 3 tells us, it says that your beauty, so your outward appearance, should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles or wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes, but instead should be that of your inner self, the unfaded beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. So Paul is instructing the church that the way in which they should uh, live out their outer life, the the way that is the things that are visible to the world around them, it should be a reflection of the inner character that is going on that that God has worked in their life, and that there shouldn't be this discontinuity between what's going on in your inner life and what's going on in your outer life. That that what people see you and and they look at you there shouldn't be any cause for um hypocrisy or them look at you say uh, what you're portraying is different than what you're saying on the inside is taking place that there needs to be a continuity mm-hmm. between the inner and the outer is what paul or what peter is is instructing the church to live and so this obviously includes um, and has has to do with the way that we dress, right? Because that's that's something that is very visible to the world around us. The way that we dress, we present ourselves in a certain manner. But it goes much deeper than that to our character. Uh, and so the big idea is what we wear, yes, but why we're wearing it, the inner character. Like, I want to present myself in such a way that I am representing myself as one who has been transformed by the glory of God, has the the life of Christ within them. And so I wear what I wear because I want to reflect what God has done in my life. And he, he, he says, you know, your outward beauty, you know, don't let it just be defined by your hairstyle and your, uh, your, your elaborate clothing and all these decadencies, but it really needs to be reflected of your inner character. Because, you know, you can put on very modest clothes, but have an, an immodest, prideful, haughty spirit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the way that you are presenting yourself, mm-hmm. right? Which will speak louder. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. In conversation and relationships than what you're wearing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so that's that's a really important thing to think about. So, mm-hmm. so someone can be technically modest mm-hmm. in the way that they present themselves as, you know, their clothing with a conceited heart that is anything but trying to to reflect a modest lifestyle, but is one that is, um, you know, trying to draw attention to themselves mm-hmm. to show their, uh, you know, their wealth or their style or whatever, uh, instead of reflecting um, the character of, of Christ. And so, you think about modesty, uh, one of the things that we can't avoid in talking about modesty is the subject of holiness as well. And so we we have a whole podcast on holiness that you can go back and and, and listen to and mm-hmm. to uh, maybe connect with this episode in a deeper way. But 
But modesty and holiness are closely connected in the Bible because, again, holiness is this idea of otherness, right? The set apartness that, as somebody who has uh, has the life of Christ within them, we have been set apart as a distinct people, and that we are holy, we are other than this world. And so because of that, the reason, the motivating factor for why we want to present ourselves in a modest way is because we are trying to reflect the otherness that is within us, that is, that is residing within us. Um, not because we're something special, but because Christ is uh, living within us and has sanctified us, set us apart for his glory. And so by living modestly, we are living in a way that is respectable, uh, appropriate, well-ordered, with the expression that we're showing our devotion to God and uh, a commitment to reflect his character through our lives to the world around us. And so modesty at this very beginning basic uh, principle, it really does flow from an inner life, that the inner character of our, our spiritual person is the, the essence from which flows a life that wants to be modest. So the, the, the heart that is set apart, that is holy, it wants to live a modest lifestyle uh, in the way that they dress, in the way that they speak, in their behavior, um, and opposed to the the one who is uh, maybe you know presenting the the character and the attitudes of the world and the way that they behave, they're reflecting something very much different than what the Christian is wanting to to do. And so it begins with this inner character. That's that's why I want to live in a modest way in my dress and my speech and my behavior. Not because somebody's forcing me, not because um, I am being dictated to, but because I'm wanting to reflect the character that God has put within me that wants to show his glory to this world around us. So we started off wide getting this idea. Tell me again, what was that definition of modesty? So modesty has to do with uh, respectable behavior, speech, and dress, which is uh, well-ordered, proper conduct that is reflecting the image of Christ. Yes, that well-ordered image that is reflecting Christ. Like Mm. that's, I think that's awesome because that transcends every part of our life. Sure. Or it should. Mm -hmm. So we started off with this wide and we're bringing down, um, where are we going to next? So recognizing that it comes from an inner character that we've had a life change. Um, You know, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So this inner character is what is presenting a new way of living Mm -hmm. that is marked by holiness and modesty. Next thing I want us to recognize, uh, this principle about modesty, is that biblical modesty originates from a humble heart. So, this inner character that is being cultivated and shaped to be in the image of Christ is one that is characterized by humility. So, over and over in, in the New Testament, humility and modesty are connected together as this the reason motivating factor for why we're living a modest lifestyle is because we have a heart that is humble. And so we are called to put others before ourselves and to live a life that's reflecting God's love and grace to those around us. And modesty, I, I like to think of it as this modesty is this thing that 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 flows out of the inner character of a heart that is humble, mm-hmm. opposed to what uh, Scripture often portrays as a proud look, mm-hmm. right? This this idea of pride uh, and uh, haughtiness is something that is the antithesis of modesty and humility, but it is trying to draw attention to self, trying to bring uh, 
self gratification to to the way through the way that we look and through the way that we uh, bring our appearance and our attitudes and the way that we speak. And so, so a truly modest person shouldn't be boastful and proud of how modest they are. <laughs> Basically, that's what you get at. Because yes. you're becoming an oxymoron at that point. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you can be very if you're if you're proud of your modesty, <laughs> then we got a problem. You've missed the point entirely, yes. right? Uh-huh. Which then goes back to your focusing probably on something uh, minuscule, mm. and you're not getting this this transcendent large view mm-hmm. of what modesty is in sure. our whole life. You're yeah. you're honing in on one area. Yeah, yeah, and and to be proud of your modesty is to really undercut the purpose of modesty, right? Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you you miss the, the 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 main point of it entirely when you're you know, hey, look how modest I live, and look how how I present myself and you just undercut your whole, the whole purpose of it uh, by, by having that attitude. And so again, that's why I want us to recognize that modesty has a lot more to do than just the way we dress. It includes that, but it has a lot more to do than just that. So humility really is just evaluating ourselves with a sober judgment that recognizing that I'm nothing in and of myself, but that it's the what Christ has done in me that makes me who I am and have uh, you know the value that I have. And so I'm not trying to um, promote my myself, my my uh, my modest in my speech, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Modest in my attitudes, um, not to think of myself more highly than I ought. As Scripture tells us, that's a modest behavior which flows from a humble heart that recognizes who they are in contrast to Christ and in contrast to what He's done in our life. And as we reflect on who we are apart from Christ, right? We're we're worthless. We're we're mm-hmm. deserving of death and of. Uh, you know, uh, of the punishment of our sins. And so the religiosity, which wants to present itself in a prideful, haughty way, has really lost the core principle of the fact that, you know, you didn't save yourself. You didn't uh, make yourself holy. Uh, and so we have to come back to this humble heart that says, I live the way that I live, I act the way that I do, I speak the way that I do, I, I dress the way that I do out of humility, recognizing that it's the work of Christ in my heart that has done this thing, not because I was raised in church, not because I um, you know, have some, some culture that's making me do this mm-hmm. thing. So. so should humility, a modest, humble spirit, allow us to fellowship with believers that may have a different definition of what modesty is from us? Yeah, so if I understand your question, I think uh, the heart of the humble Christian recognizes the fact that other Christians may be at different levels of their walk with Christ and different um, positions in their walk of sanctification and may not have been taught or may not have uh, really ever thought about modesty uh, at all. And so to say, you know, should we not fellowship with them? The answer, no, we, we can for sure fellowship with, with them, but at the same time, recognizing that we are not to change because they maybe aren't as they haven't had this knowledge. They haven't grown in modesty. They haven't, um, you know, really had that opportunity yet. Um, does that give us a license to to live immodestly? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, we should uh, seek to continue to live and reflect a modest lifestyle. And so, you know, I think every church should be healthy in its, you know. Levels of you know we should have new believers coming in 
who have never been taught. I mean, they've always dressed immodestly their entire life, and they've never had any, you know, understanding. But they come to Christ, and and now they they recognize, oh, I need to uh, to begin a modest lifestyle, and that includes dress, as we talked about, but it includes a lot more than that. And so to be patient with them and to work with them and to to help them to uh, to grow in their modest lifestyle, and so opposed to if that doesn't happen in the first week to cut them off and to say, well, if you don't do X, Y, and Z, then you're not you didn't really get saved, right? Um, that would not be a biblical perspective at all. Something that you've said to me that's really had a great impact on me is that we're all wrong somewhere. Mm-hmm. And to accept and realize that and realize that I may be wrong somewhere and mm-hmm. someone else may be right and they may be wrong and I'd be right and we won't know until the end of time, but to give each other and um, uh, to realize that we're not perfect mm-hmm. and that what we believe, we, we may be wrong. Mm-hmm. We, we are wrong somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so to kind of give that flexibility there, I think that's a maturity thing. Mm-hmm. If you're mature enough to realize and to be like, okay, you believe different than me. And that's okay. Mm. And I'm going to agree to disagree with you on that, but I'm still going to be your friend. Yeah. I mean, that <laughs> sounds like, oh yeah, everyone should do that. Right. But it that, is it's harder not, in practice. Right. Yeah. But when you can come to that point, it, to me, it really opens up yeah. a lot of friendship relationships and mm-hmm. there's a, there's a lot of good can, can come out of having that humble spirit of knowing I may be wrong somewhere, mm. but you may be right. Mm-hmm. And we can, we can work through it together. Yeah, and I think the the bigger issue that we're uh, dancing around, talking around, is that we all should be seeking for a modest lifestyle, and that the way that somebody lives that out, if it's a little bit differently than mine, if they're genuinely seeking to live that out, then they then I should have grace for them to live that out. Now, there can be times where it's they're not genuinely seeking to live that out. And mm-hmm. that I think that's sometimes the uh, aversion to, well, there's this difference here um, between an outward appearance between group A and group B. And so we want to immediately judge each other based upon that. And my what I would want to say is, is if they're both trying to live out a modest lifestyle genuinely, then then we should be able to fellowship together. If one is not genuinely and has no has disregard for modesty and doesn't then we have a fundamental uh, discongruency of our posture of our heart and our desires for living out a modest lifestyle. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. Very good. Um and so the the and and, and to its core every Christian should be seeking to live out a modest lifestyle. Every Christian should. Mm-hmm. Is every Christian? Um, now that's a whole, you know, that's uh-huh. a deeper question, you know, uh-huh. and and I think the answer probably is no. Not everyone is right. And so sometimes those who are seeking to live out a modest lifestyle uh, bring conviction upon those who aren't living out a modest lifestyle, and it's not our intention to do that necessarily. We're not over here wagging our finger and saying, you know, you're, you're in modest, but because of the way that we're, we're reflecting the image of Christ, we're trying to live out a modest lifestyle. They, it's convicting to them. Right. And so we shouldn't be ashamed of that either. We shouldn't say, well, no, you're okay. You're okay. You're okay. Because you're not living in a modest lifestyle. We should call them up to living in a modest lifestyle for those who who aren't pursuing that and aren't desiring to do that. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah, that yeah. was a good. That was a good rabbit trail. <laughs> yeah, um, and and one of the you, you know so we live in a culture and a society that is it's addicted to trying to um, gain attention and trying to uh, build up self. Right through social media and these, uh, you know, uh, all these different means that we have today, we are. It's easy to have a boastful spirit if we're not careful in the way that we present ourselves and not in our our speech becoming immodest. Um, you know, so you see on social media all these, you know, people, you know, fighting and bickering Christians that are, uh, you know, railing against one another in their speech. 
um, they're not being modest in the way that they are conducting themselves on social media, right? They are marring the name of Christ through their um, fighting and through their, uh, you know, disputing in a public forum like that. Uh, I've never seen one time where that came out in any way to glorify God as they are having those disputes and those debates, right? Really, it just becomes like entertainment Mm. for the two opposing parties. Mm -hmm. And I mean, how awful is that from a worldly perspective, world-looking-in perspective? I Mm -hmm. mean, it's almost like it's a cage match. Yeah. And um, uh, there's there's, there's no profit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) No eternal profit. So we think about uh, social media as this megaphone to be able to communicate one of the things that we ought to think about it communicating is it ought to communicate our modesty, right? And reflecting our inner character and humility of heart. Which social media as it's built is really the exact opposite. It's exactly designed to do <laughs> it, the opposite. It's made to make you scream loud above mm-hmm. the noise and stand yep. out. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's not congruent to modest living. Yeah. Yeah, one of the verses that I uh, I like to quote um, is First Peter one, uh, and I quote it in a modern context. And and so um, he says, Peter says, "Be ye holy." Um, he says, "So as he who has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of your social media interaction." <laughs> That's not what he says, but he says, "Be holy in all manner of conversation." Right. Yeah, there's a lot of conversation going on on social media. Right. And so that he's he's saying be be holy, be separate other in your interactions with your the way that you communicate mm-hmm. um and it's 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 modesty of humility and an inner character it ought to be markedly different than the way that the person who is not saved is interacting on these um platforms. And so, if your social media looks exactly like the world, and all it talks about is sports and movies and politics and all these type of things, and and it's sharing ungodly content, um, you're not being modest in your uh, your speech. Um, and I am often just totally disheartened when I see people who. Um, are communicating and sharing and and uh, promoting such things um, that are um, have so many unbiblical qualities to them. And so, thinking about these principles uh, of modesty, one is it has to come from a humble heart that is not trying to just promote self and is not filled with pride, but is uh, recognizing that I am to live as holy, separate, distinct. Um, because the God who has called me and separated me is holy, and I want to reflect a humble posture uh, in this world. third principle I want us to cover in thinking about biblical modesty is that biblical modesty, it shows respect for our body. Um, Paul, talking to the Corinthians, he is totally uh, just surprised and and taken back by their immature uh, lifestyle, the way that they're living. They're they're infighting, and the way that they're, they're acting is ungodly. And he says, he says, what? Don't you know that your body is the temple of God in, in which you know the Spirit of God dwells? Don't you understand that the way that you present yourself and the way that you uh, how the housing of your body, the way that you the things that you do, your actions, your attitudes, the your speech, it is a reflection of 
God and of Christ. And if your temple, if this body is literally the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, then it matters what comes out of that temple through your speech and through the way that you dress, right? And so the Bible tells us that we are the temple of the Spirit. And so modesty involves recognizing the sacredness of our body and treating it accordingly. That the the goal of modest living is recognizing, okay, this body that I have, it's not my own. I don't own it anymore, um, but I've been bought with a price, so I'm going to glorify God with my body. And in doing so, I am going to honor this temple that God has given me, that the Spirit of God lives within, and, and the outer housing, the clothes that I wear, is going to be one which is not going to draw attention to the fleshly nature of my body, but to the spirit that is within me. And the speech that I use is not going to reflect just my intellect or my, uh, you know, my uh, some some pride or those types. But it's going to reflect what's living inside of me, the temple of the spirit of God that's living inside of me. And this is something that uh, I think within uh, many within modern Christianity has has really we're, we could fit into the First Corinthians uh, mold of we really haven't thought that through a lot uh, within Christianity as a whole, uh, acting like, well, it doesn't matter how I dress. It doesn't matter how I speak. It doesn't matter, you know, all I, I, need, all I need to do is ask Jesus in my heart, forgive me of my sins, and I can do whatever I want with my body. And that is just a completely unbiblical thought process. It's a completely unbiblical worldview. But if the Spirit of God is dwelling within me, then I want to uh, live this through my body, live out in this world in a way that is honoring and respecting the fact that the Spirit of God is dwelling in my temple. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I, I think a lot of times modern Christians don't take that seriously enough. Yeah. What do you think about that? Do you think they... Well, whenever uh, Jesus touched, healed, forgave sins, he said he, they left changed. They left mm-hmm. different. And I think something, though, that we want to see, like you've said before in the past, like this immediate change. Mm-hmm. But in kids' church, I always refer to kids' church a lot of times because mm-hmm. I'm simple. Mm-hmm. Um, we say that sanctification is choosing Jesus little by little every mm-hmm. day. And when we don't see that in others, or maybe others don't see that in us, we need to know that um, uh, there's going to be change, and we need to be open to that change every day, sure. whatever it sure. may be. Little yeses to the Lord mm-hmm. um, will make big differences and big changes. and we should change. We need to change. Mm. You're dead on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and the change is motivated by this recognition that my body is not my own and that the spirit of God dwells within me and this body that I have that God has given me is this dwelling place of the spirit of God. And it goes completely against the modern I mean my body, my choice is mm, huge exactly. right now. Yeah. And yeah. when we step outside of ourselves, we don't have a, another moment without mm-hmm. God allowing us to have that mm-hmm. and just really realizing how um, a finite we mm-hmm. are. It brings, it should bring humility mm-hmm. and then that modest posture from that. So yeah. all this yeah. is intertwined and it works, it, is. it works together. Um, and it, it makes modesty more powerful. Mm, yeah. And, and not yeah. so, <laughs> forgive me, superficial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, exactly. Like the, the inner character that I talked about earlier is is drawn from the spirit of God that's living within me, right? And so the, it's that outflow of yes. that and that humble posture, recognizing I have the spirit of God dwelling yeah. within me. That's that's a humble and holy thing. Yes. And so I want to present who I am as a person mm-hmm. who is mm-hmm. a, a temple of the Holy Spirit. I want to present that well. I don't want to just present the temple of God as some ragtag thing that is mm-hmm. that is that is you know that is earthly and fleshly and carnal and 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 you know ungodly in the way that it presents itself, mm-hmm. right? Because again, you're you're showing a disconnect between what you say that you are. You're yes. saying you're the temple of God, but what you're presenting is something that doesn't look like the temple mm-hmm. of God. 
in its uh, in its dress and in its speech and in its behavior and attitude. Well, we all you know. know people who have been described as man. That is a beautiful person, and and that descriptor is not one minute talking about what they're wearing or what they look like. It's mm. it's who they are on the inside. Mm. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, if we are that beautiful person that God wants us to be on the inside, it's going to affect our outside, mm-hmm. but it goes so much deeper. Yeah. I'll never forget a conversation I had with uh, an imam, which is a uh, Muslim um, pastor, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and so a conversation I had with him, uh, we were talking about different things, different things that we had in common between our religions, and different things that were, you know, things that were different, and those type of things. Which is a great and, exercise to do. We yeah, talked about yeah. that before in previous podcasts. Uh, yeah. breaking outside and making friendships outside of the church is yeah. a good exercise. Yeah. So I was talking to uh, Muhammad Fuad, <laughs> and as I was talking to him, we were having this conversation. I, I said, "Talk to me about modesty." within a Muslim context, you know, and he, he started talking about it. And one of the things that he said that was just, um, that just really hit me, and he, he said that you cannot divorce modesty from faith, that they're connected together um, you, because modesty is part of the Islamic faith. It's connected to it. And you see that in the way that they live, mm-hmm. in the way that they dress, in the way that they act. And as he said that, um, I was like, I agree with your statement, um, but oftentimes, and we begin to have this conversation about, you know, how do you see that within American? Because his, his perspective of the American church um, was such that he didn't see much modesty within the American church at all. Um, and I thought, my, what a indictment to the American church that 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 a uh, from our perspective somebody who is not safe doesn't have the spirit of god living within them recognizes something that that, that the american church at large has totally forgotten that that modest living is something that is part and parcel of our faith mm-hmm. of being mm-hmm. a uh, of somebody that has this, the the spirit of god living within them it's it's marked by a modest Lifestyle, and again, I think I want us to recognize that modesty is not about one gender. So a lot of times, when modesty is presented, it's presented as something for the females. Mm-hmm. Like females, you need to live modestly, you need to dress modestly, and it's uh, and whenever I hear that, I want to say yes, but the same is exact true for the male as well. That that it's not a one gender issue, but it's a it's a temple of the the spirit of God living within our temple issue, right? That's the issue, and that's not a male or female; it's both. Which that umbrella is every part of our life, right? Exactly. Just what's in the closet? Sure. Uh, and 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 modesty doesn't mean that we have to be like wear wear uh, you know uh, paper sacks, you know, or you know not ha- be fashionable or not wear. Uh, you know, uh, nice clothes. That's obviously not the point. But the point being that fundamentally, that the biblical modesty has respect for the body. That we are the temples uh, of the Spirit of God that dwells within us. So we've been Christ. on a we've been on a big journey, and um, uh, you've really walked through very beautifully mm-hmm. um, uh, what modesty is, what it should mean to us. So wrapping up, you have one final point. Yeah. So think about biblical modesty. Biblical modesty should seek to avoid extremes, but honor our responsibility to one another, okay? So, that biblical modesty shouldn't desire, it shouldn't live within extremes, but should have balance within it. So, Paul tells uh, Timothy, he says, I want those in your congregation, women, to dress modestly with decency and propriety, not with braided hair, gold, or pearls, expensive clothing, but with good deeds, appropriate for those who can worship God. So it's this idea of um, that you're not, you're avoiding extremes. Like, I don't want you just decked out in all this gaudiness, um, but rather you should be known for your good deeds. You should be known for your living out the Christian faith. Uh, towards others, right? And so it's not, it shouldn't be about you and what you, uh, you know, drawing attention to yourself, 
but it should be about reflecting the glory of God so that others can be uh, blessed by your life and by the life of Christ within you. Uh, and so thinking about, you know, modesty, it's a, it's a life that's not um, living in extremes. So not living with, you know, extreme excesses in our uh, apparel and our um, you know, presenting ourselves as something that we're not in our our speech or our attitudes, but to be balanced, to be uh, who you are in Christ and not to try to present yourself uh, in, in ways that are unauthentic to who you really are uh, and who God has made you to be in Christ. And so modesty is about being balanced in our reflection of God. This is not to suppress individuality, right? So who you are and the way that you dress and the style of of speech that you have is going to be a little bit different than mine, right? But it ought not to be in such an extreme that it draws away from the the continuity that we both share that we are children of God, that we're not we're not known for our uh, our 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 apparel being uh, gaudy, but we're known for the inner character of our life. And avoiding these extremes, uh, avoiding behaviors that would draw attention to ourselves and detract from our witness of God, really the big thing that we want to think about is what Paul told the Galatians, that we are called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh but through love serving one another. In other words, what Paul is trying to help us to see is, okay, yes, in Christ, you could be decked out in the most you know, gaudy of apparel. And that's not maybe necessarily technically a sin. right? You have that freedom to do that. But don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh to... to to draw attention to yourself, to use it as a means of saying, oh, look at me, look what I can afford. We're turning that mirror around on ourselves. Yes, oh, look at moment. me, what, what, uh, what provocative things I can do. Oh, look at me, look at, look at how well I can uh, present myself, those type of things. And we lose our power mm-hmm. that we have in proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming Christ. Sure. Again, that reflection, not us, it's all about reflecting him. Yeah. And so I think one of the things that we, you know, so we live in an age of grace, right? And so people want to say, well, it, it's not a sin if I, you know, have, cause I have these freedoms. I can, I can do this. I can do that. And, and what Paul is wanting us to understand is that, yes, just because we can, and it's maybe not technically a sin, doesn't necessarily mean that we should, that it is beneficial to others and beneficial to the body of Christ as a whole. And I think that's something that we, we, we want to think about when we're thinking about, well, yes, I could afford something maybe very gaudy. Okay, so maybe somebody can. Um, but just because I can doesn't mean I should, right? Um, maybe I, I could present my, uh, my, my speech and uh, winning an argument. I could show my intellect that I can win an argument. But should I? <laughs> Some Facebook warriors need to right think about that one. Th- that's the that's the big idea that Paul is trying to help. Just because you have that freedom doesn't mean l- let's live it, let's live a balanced lifestyle. Let's live a lifestyle that is not trying to draw attention to uh, to our 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 intellect or to our speech or mm-hmm. to our dress. But let's try to draw attention to Christ. That in Christ all things would be glorified, mm-hmm. uh, and that that we should gain no glory through uh, through what we even do. in our Christian lifestyle. That human nature still wants to rise up yeah. and build its own kingdom, mm-hmm. and um, uh, that can be easy to do, mm-hmm. easy to let it happen. Sure. So we got to fight against that. Well, concluding out here, I'm going to give you the the million dollar question that everyone wants to know. Who gets to decide in our culture and in our context what is and isn't modest? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. It's 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 the pointed one that I think everyone asks. Mm-hmm. Well, what do I do? Mm. And some people have very strong opinions and feelings. Mm-hmm. If you do this, you're living a modest life. Mm-hmm. If you don't do this, you are not living a modest life. Mm-hmm. So who gets to decide? Mm. Well, ultimately, it ought to be the Spirit of God within us yes. as the temple of uh, of God 
that is the one that who sh- is going to naturally by what he does he's going to push us in a direction of living out modesty and living out a holy lifestyle um now ultimately we can we can quench the spirit we can not yield to the spirit and um you know he's he's the spirit of god is not going to make anybody live a modest lifestyle but he is going to draw them to do that um and that's not a one time deal but it's a daily thing that he is going to continually work in our lives and i mean it's something that uh, the spirit of god does in my life continually you know where you know that that uh that attitude wasn't very modest tim like you you, you know he'll he'll deal with that um the spirit of god that 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 speech wasn't wasn't as as modest wasn't very modest right or whatever it may be um, and so that's a work of the Spirit, and He'll do that with every believer, every believer that has the life of the Spirit within them. He'll do that, and then it's up to us to to yield to that. the 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 game of trying to compare ourselves among ourselves is a foolish game to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that's what the Bible says specifically: it's uh, they that compare themselves among themselves are not wise. You, you're doing a foolish game there, but. And, you know, so we compare our modesty to our other people's modesty, or we compare our holiness to other people's holiness. It's just, it's an unfruitful game that is actually born out of the flesh and not the Spirit. But if we have the Spirit of God within us, we should continually be trying not to compare ourselves with other people, but should be desiring to, what is the Spirit of God speaking to me to live out a holy lifestyle? And He is trying to speak that to you. He is trying to speak that to me. And then it's really just a question of whether or not I'm going to yield to that and whether I'm going to uh, allow the Spirit of God to continue that work and continue to speak to me about that and not just let it be something, well, I, I, I let the Spirit of God speak to me about modesty back in you know some date when I first got saved, and He doesn't speak to me about it anymore. You, you, you missed the point entirely. And so it's, it's about living a lifestyle that is marked by uh, being a temple of the Spirit and is going to draw us ever continually towards a lifestyle of, of reflecting the one who has called us, who is holy. Uh, to live that out in uh, a way that we'll be modest. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Questions of Faith podcast. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing and writing a review on your preferred audio platform. That would really help us out. The show was produced by Brad Stevens, theme music by the band Liquify. Questions of Faith is a ministry of Faith Tabernacle Assembly of God located in Denton, Texas. The goal of this podcast is to equip the modern day Christian with answers to timeless questions. If you would like to submit a question that may be highlighted on the show, you may do so by emailing us. That email address is questions at ftdenton.com. You may also submit a question by messaging our Facebook page, Questions of Faith podcast. And until next Monday, God bless.